What up, what up, GMG? Monday, July 3rd, 2023. Look at that. Another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Another beautiful Monday to have a beautiful Monday. Another beautiful week to have a beautiful week. Another beautiful month to have. Not everyone at the same time. A beautiful uh, to have a good day. A beautiful month, god damn it. <laughs> this, this he's not listening at all. Like, you can, no, I was listening, but you know just, what? It's, we have reached new lows. I do the same intro you're 30 every seconds in. You're 30 seconds in, he's already gone. No, the, the low is not that. The low is that I have the same intro every day since like 450 shows. Yeah, you know, um, but anyways. It is a new month. You know, last we, we left off in June. We picked up in July this morning. Listen, listen, rough little month, a uh, beginning of the month for NFTs, not, not, not for the coins. That's for sure. That's for sure. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit. So Mando will go, whoa. So it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a, a weird, it's a weird thing. It's a weird place to be in, right? Because it's like, you're like, oh, and then you're like, ah. So I don't know about you guys. It's a little weird. I know we're going to talk about this in the weekend, but it is the month of July. It is Monday morning. I want everybody to shake off all the grim bullshit of the weekend. All right. Let the doom post doors doom post and you shake it off. Take a deep breath because this is a new motherfucking week on GM Web 3 on Rock Radio and your boys OSF Farouk and Mando are going to shake it up for you this morning and bring the vibes back to where they're supposed to be. Okay, I couldn't host this weekend. I'm sorry. We would have had an emergency good vibe space. However, here we are this morning and we're going to take care of it uh, for y'all. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> just a couple more liquidations that wag me only. Anyways, to <laughs> OSF, Mando, good morning. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. New month, July, beautiful month in Portugal. I'm going back to London halfway through. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I had a dream about Portugal this weekend. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I dreamed. It doesn't have to be a dream, you know. You can't just come. It's uh, <laughs> you're so funny. It does have to be a dream. Get on the, there is a direct flight from Montreal to, to Lisboa. It's, they, no, every day. This is the one I took out of, of Lisboa. But um, I had a dream about Portugal Friday or Thursday, Friday night. Um, it was actually you and I hanging out. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I don't know, because I forgot the first part of the dream, which was like, it was one of those things that when I woke up, you know, when you wake up, you're like, you're in really good mood. So it was a really good dream. I just don't know what it was. You feel me? It was yeah, a great yeah. dream. It was, I think like all the prices were up and like we were rich and vibes were good. It was one of those. And then it was like what, it was like what NFC should have been. Right. And then it was sunny. And then it was like tall, yellow building. There's a lot of yellow buildings I find in Portugal. It was funny. Like anyways. And then. I don't know. We were hanging out and then 
no, 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 no. And then we're chilling. It was sunny. It was great. I just remember it being like, you know, pepper. I just remember us hanging high. out. I remember like, us hanging out and talking about how good like life was. And I wake up, but it was a smile. And I'm like, wait, what? And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. Ironically, the night after, I had the worst nightmare ever. I woke up and I'm like screaming out of my lungs. I almost had a heart attack. It never happened to me in my life. Vanessa was freaking out. She's like, ah, what's going on? I'm like, ah, ah. I never had, did that ever happen to you guys? I swear I had this- a night terror. No. I had a terror this weekend. After, yeah. It's funny, back to back. So we had a night like beauty and a night terror where you wake up screaming. What was I doing to you that night? No, no, it wasn't you. This one is like, I think like it was something in the form like of a, you know, my, my heavy metal with two USB-C hands. Yeah. I think he was like attacking me and trying to kill me in my sleep. Something like that. Nice. I, I spend way too much time on NFT Twitter. I, I don't know. But all I know is that I woke up middle of the night. Yeah. I woke up middle of the night. I, I, I jumped out of bed. I, I ran around like to the front of the bed, started screaming and like my heart rate went so high that I was just like, I thought I was going to fall. And then I had to like, like breathing exercises. <laughs> so, you know, two sides of the coin uh, this weekend, uh, just like the NFT space and, uh, and Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Night terror is at red guy floor prices. That's, for that's a real night terror. That's a real night terror. You know why it's a night terror? Because it's when Ovi's going to have to cut his hair. Uh, and that's terrifying. Uh, that, because that's that's not the big terror. The big terror is Manda getting his ass tattooed. That, that's oh, the oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Listen. Uh, and nothing better than a, uh, than a, than a, than the red guy ass tat for uh, for Mando. Uh, looking forward to that. One. Anyways, today on the show, <laughs> today, today, uh, you know, DJ's market report as usual. Crypto, macro, NFTs. We have a lot to talk about. Is the PFP meta dead, or is this a healthy reset? So we're gonna be talking about that uh, today on the show. You know, hot topic, but it is a topic of the day. It is. It has been a doom topic of the weekend. But I think we're gonna have uh, some good takes here on the show today. So if you have takes. Uh, as usual, may let some people up today, may not, depending how I'm doing on time. But as usual, good takes only. Get them prepared before you come up. We're not thinking, uh, we're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we, you have time to think about the takes we're going to give uh, once we're up here. And then last but not least, we will be joined by our Stubbs Artists of the Week, who are actually really good friends, Amit and Raskolov, aka the On the Roofs gang. Yeah, those crazy dudes that climb like those massive, massive, massive buildings and crane and the craziest things that you've seen go viral all over the internet. Yeah, them. So they're dropping your stubs with us, which is fire. Oh, wait, in the words of Mando, it's fire. And I can't wait. So they'll be coming, uh, joining us. Uh, uh, actually, Amit's here, so I'll just, I'll just let him up on stage so he can hang out with us in the meantime. But uh, they'll be joining us and we'll be talking all things uh, about On the Roofs, about their work, about their art, about their craft, everything. So I'm excited. As usual, Mondays, it's a good time to be on the show on monday so you can just relax a bit and talk about art once a week i think i think it's necessary but anyways 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 without further ado let's get right into it daily market report brought to you by rug radio what's the word hey everyone so it's it's been looking rather rosy once again in traditional markets on Friday, we had a very, very strong close. We closed 1.4, 1.6% higher on the S&P 500 and NASDAQ. Today, equities are unchanged, but um, you know that's coming into what's going to be a public holiday for the US tomorrow. So I'm, I'm sure lots of people are out of the office today. Yeah, I'm supposed to be and out of the office today. 
fuck happened yeah. That? yeah so it's, it's it's a quiet it's a quiet weekend market mar- quiet day markets are open but we had a very very strong close on friday um interest rates did blow out again they're, they're back lower again this morning but we hit that 4.93 percent earlier on two-year rates i would keep an eye out for payrolls that comes out this friday prior to last week i would have said i don't think it's going to have a big market impact but um something that we've seen in the past few days that economic data continues to be strong and interest rates are responding to it stocks are rallying because i guess equity market is thinking hey the fed's been able to increase interest rates reduce inflation while the economy stays strong which is positive for equities but um just watch out for interest rates on friday if we have another payrolls number that comes in ahead of expectations, which it has like 90% of the, of the last 12 or 13 months, we've had that number. Um, crypto is, you know, is, is strong again this morning and it's really led by ETH. And this is what we talked about last week. The, the Bitcoin ETH ratio seems like it bottomed out at 0.06. We're up to 0.064 now. And Bitcoin dominance is, is lowering, is reducing Bitcoins right now at 30.7K. And remember we hit 31.3, I think last week, but, altcoins and ETH are all rallying. So we're finally seeing a, and a correction is maybe the wrong word, but we're finally seeing a bit of a re- reversal in Bitcoin dominance and the alt market is gaining some strength with ETH leading the charge there. So we're at 1960 now on ETH and um, we're at 30.7K on Bitcoin. And then there's a bunch of altcoins that are wow. all up um, you know, between 5 and 15%. So yeah, things I think things are on the whole looking pretty good. For crypto, the, the next catalyst is more information about the um, ETF filings. I'm guessing the guys that um, had unsuccessful filings will refile, and we'll see what information comes out of that. I, I still think it will take months for that to get over the line, but we'll start seeing these different headlines, um, which will actually impact prices, I think. Um, they already uh, refiled, I believe. Pardon me? Maybe they already refiled, yeah. I think, I think most people refiled. I'm not sure BlackRock did, but... Oh, they, yes, they have, actually. Um, yeah. and they refiled immediately, and they named Coinbase, as I say, as their, uh, as their exchange of, of, um, of yeah. choice, which leads a question that I actually have for you, Ovi, and by the way, Mando as well. Um, Coinbase being picked as, as the exchange here. First of all, I find it interesting they're all picking... I mean, not interesting, sorry, because they're the, the only publicly traded company, but I wonder what that means with regards to the, what's going on with the SEC and, and Coinbase, which I find really ironic yeah. and a fun little slap in the face. And second thing, like, what does that mean for coin uh, in well, terms of the regular, like, the actual stock? Because, like, you guys mentioned it last week. It has been performing really well, but yeah. um, does that... What does that... Like, do you want to explain maybe, kind of, like, them picking and exchange what it means? I, I was actually just about to mention Coinbase stock because okay, it's yeah. 10% today. Oh wow! And it's, it's actually up twenty eight percent in a week. So wow. Coinbase stock has really been rallying on wow. on all these headlines. And I mean, we know like BlackRock and Coinbase already have an existing partnership. Now BlackRock is saying they'll use Coinbase as their exchange of preference, right. which is a positive thing. It's like you have the biggest asset manager in the world saying we're fine having a partnership with Coinbase, and we believe their activities are perfectly kosher. So um, it's a positive for Coinbase, and that stock is up a lot. I mean, it's up. It's now it's doubled on the year. Year to date, it's up 114%. So it's actually performed pretty well. And I think that's another positive sign for Coinbase and for crypto overall. But look, BlackRock aren't just, if like, if after the SEC stuff, BlackRock were like, oh, actually, we've now terminated a partnership with Coinbase and we will no longer be working with them, that would be really bad. Like, that would drop. But the fact that they've continued and they've gone as far as saying that it's, like, it's going to be their exchange of preference. That's like a really big step into 
a big player in financial markets saying we think Coinbase are fine and we think they're okay otherwise we wouldn't partner with them and I think it's really very it's very bullish for Coinbase and I think it's also bullish for crypto as well. Yeah, I see the news was from 19 hours ago. CBOE resubmits bought Bitcoin ETF filings with Coinbase as surveillance surveillance sharing partners. So that was the issue, which which was a non-issue, which was why crypto went down the other day, which Mando, I think, or was it Ovi word for word Friday morning says this is a buy here because of that dump that happened uh, when SEC had said that the filings were wrong. Uh, and then this, you know, the headlines, you know, on well watcher and stuff were kind of like crazy. So, so they immediately all refiled um, and submitted as an SSP, the surveillance sharing partner. Um, you know, uh, they've all picked Coinbase pretty much. Um, so CBOE refiles Fidelity Bitcoin ETF application plans Coinbase policy policing partnership. So that was two days ago, but 19 hours ago. Um, it actually went like they, like you know, they actually the news went out that they. I don't think Blackroom has refiled yet. I don't think so yet, but that's the next news to come out, right? Like Fidelity has, yeah, um, but Blackroom has not yet. Yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming that's another good headline happening this week. <laughs> we front running the headline. Oh, we already did, but <laughs> but you know what? I really like Rookie last uh, last week on your on your morning on your rec radio show. Uh, when rookie um, rookie was like, we basically just have to uh, to front run uh, the the uh, the ETF filings that will then uh, then then that will then all that and they're front running the having. <laughs> so so we just have to to be aligned here. But yeah, let's look at a little watch list here that we got going on. I mean, the market's looking pretty neat. Um, like you said, ETH is leading. Bitcoin's thirty point seven. ETH nineteen fifty eight. I think it hit what nineteen seventy earlier. Yeah, yeah I think on our show it was trading at like nineteen sixty, right? Like yeah. on Friday, yeah. and we were saying that you know we thought that was it went as low as eighteen fifties, and then because I know I hit at I hit the twenty. I think eighteen twenty was a, 20, a low, yeah. low wick. Yeah. Uh, are you guys sure about that? Yeah, oh, I remember because remember it hit oh. that order I had. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Eighteen twenty three. Yeah. Okay. So and it 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 went all the way up to nineteen seventy six right before the show. Um, and then hold on, where's my coin? Well, I have a lot of windows open now. As soon as the show uh, ended, it just started going up and up and up. That's right. It's you know, those Friday pumps are pretty sweet. I'm starting to get really used to those. That's two Fridays in a row. It was your birthday, Friday, yeah, that, that two weeks ago, your birthday, like that week, that day, and, and, and back to back this Friday. I mean, I, I'm all for those Friday pumps, not gonna lie. Friday um, God candle, Friday God candles, though, you know. The, <laughs> NFT Twitter is not liking that, but you know the broader CT uh, seems to be enjoying it. Listen, the other coins uh, we have Solana's almost back at twenty bucks, nineteen dollars. Matic finally saw some 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 love here, um, touched the seventies. Um, you have uh, Optimism one thirty five, Apecoin went to two twenty one. The sync is as there's been quite a sync, but not like as important as Dookie Dash so far from what I'm picking up on the timeline. Then the gainer, like I mean, Arbitrum's at one eighteen again, and the big gainer has really been. You know, uh, you know the green coin. You know, uh, you know it's uh, based on the news that uh, some some ex pip ex uh, born ape whales are are playing into into the uh, into the into the coins. Uh, you know, there is only one. He is back. We have reclaimed our friend. We're so happy. I would like to officially formally welcome OSF back. Uh, you know, to reality. Back to the green side. Of of uh, of the where the grass is green, (laughs) 
oh my. I think the other thing to know is just that the Bit Bitcoin hasn't really moved, right? So no, Bitcoin, actually, no. What we've mentioned a few times is is the thing that's really moved here. Yeah. Um, if you bring up bring up a Bitcoin ETH chart. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin like ETH or just Bitcoin. Here you go. Bitcoin, Bitcoin ETH chart. Or ETH over Bitcoin. Bitcoin dominance. Yeah, I have ETH BTC here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it does look like it's, it, it could reverse quite a lot here. This has underperformed a lot, right? This is 12 month lows. It's moved about 20% over the last, over the last month or two. Um, and now it looks like it could be reversing here. So um, I think we called that one well, right? We picked up, I think we started calling it out at the, at the 12 month lows and it's reversed pretty significantly since then. So. I think you, if we were to go back and listen, I think literally said it word for word like this is going to be the below for the bottom at least for now for for ETH BTC if I'm not mistaken it was, it, it could, this is definitely a significant bounce I don't know if it lasts but that was a, yeah. that would be cool I think yeah um, I mean the rest of the market was trailing anyways for a while right it's really been Bitcoin, the market has been Bitcoin led I mean but BTC dominance went going as high as 52 points right so yeah. 52% a lot We're, I mean it's still 51 but it's just like it was really like starting to push um, quite high so okay well, that's good. Um, a good, I guess, like, you know, good, great start of the week on the coin side. You know, a great weekend on the coin side. However, however, we're going to have to have the conversation that, you know, we, we, we may not want to have, but we're going to have to have it. But just quickly, before I go into into uh, our JPEGs uh, or altcoin with pictures, at the top, I've pinned. No, I did not pin it. I am lying. Now I have. Uh, I'm pinning the YouTube stream. So just so you know, there's like 40-something people always on the stream with us. We're also live on, on on YouTube every single morning, Monday to Friday. They're all recorded. They're all posted on the YouTube, uh, Rug Radio YouTube. You can also find Rekt Radio. Again, highly advised go and listen to The Rookie and, by, and you know, co-hosted by Keyboard Monkey. So it's, it's, always, it's always a lot of fun uh, on that show. So definitely check it out. The last episode of Rookie XBT was really, really good. Uh, it's on the stream as well. It's always more fun to watch it on video. So anyways, anyways, Mando, why don't we talk about our favorite things? That's our JPEGs. Who is the man, macro daddy of the land? Can you dig it? Yeah, look, it's it's been a bloodbath. It's been a bloodbath over the last... It's been coming though, right? I think people have been saying it for a while. It, everything's yes. been trending lower. And then I think what you've really seen is that people have started... As soon as ETH broke through that 1900 level again, everyone was just like, ETH could run here. ETH could run to yearly at the highs it could it really felt like it was like i said we're reversing that bitcoin ETH dominance um and so suddenly all of this high priced eth stuff looked looked very very attractive and then you layer in that just a bunch of disappointing mints essentially um whether it was zuki or it was the captain's reveal or it was ether or it was heavy metal not hitting correctly it was it's just been a litany of of just not maybe what people expected. Um, and that just dragged everything lower. So volumes yeah. have been actually okay. What's the um, volume? Let's see. It's like we had a pretty big weekend compared to some of the recent weekends. You see like volumes have been, we're about 20 to 30% higher what you would normally see on a weekend. Um, but, but they were on the South side. Well, on both sides, it's blur, right? But yeah. it's, it's it, it was pretty nasty in terms of price action. You had board apes go from trading around 35, 36 area to now, to now trading at 29. You had mutants 
were trading seven or eight, now trading at five. Azuki continued. I mean, it was trading at eight, I think, on Friday when we had our we had our space. Now they're trading at five. Mm-hmm. D gods mm-hmm. went from trading at nine to seven. I saw um, a huge yeah. Some I think it was was it Machi that dumped like a ton of D gods over the weekend. I think yeah, that Machi's was, biggest bags are in Yuga plus Azuki plus D gods. Yeah. So um, yeah, particularly the elementals. So big overhang there. Obviously, those are now well, well below mint. Um, the revealed ones are trading below one ETH. Um, 86 actually is showing on DGN's finance right now. Yeah, uh, I so. believe they were trading as low as 0.6 ish. We have some sort of a relief this morning, but it was pretty grim uh, over the weekend. It's just a bloodbath, right? Like, and and that was a, that was a, like across the board, but it particularly was strange, like particularly affected stuff that people considered blue chips. Um, and you saw some very aggressive moves. It was less aggressive in some of the already lower price stuff. Um, you didn't see like massive moves in things like Doodles, for example, or Moonbirds or anything like that. It was more of the stuff that had still been outperforming all got butchered um, over this weekend. Look at that seven-day move yeah. in those top collections. It's right kind of wild. Um, now, given you know ETH is up in that period, but it's... Um, it doesn't help, right? Yeah, it's just it's just a bloodbath, really. And I think everyone was just like, you know, it's it's there was a lot of it's over. You know, this isn't working. No, no one's really aligned. This is like this is all yeah. failed. The more than a JPEG move. Well, it was a PFP. It was not an NFT capitulation. This was a PFP capitulation on over the weekend. Actually, could we call it capitulation? I I like I, I certainly is somewhat of a capitulation over the weekend, right? It's capitulation if you assume it's over. Interesting. I don't think Is it's over. Just to let you know, but, I don't think it's over. But um, I don't. I don't think. Time, like I don't. Uh, Feels like a grind lower than capitulation because was, this was a this was a, a, a big move lower. But yeah, it's been a grind for for. I mean, day one, board apes selling apes at twenty seven ETH. That's capitulation in my in my opinion. But I could be wrong. You guys know better than me. I'm well, the price action has been like down five to ten percent every day, and then yeah. some days down twenty percent, but. I think capitulation is like down ninety percent on one day. Oh, okay. But, yeah, you you won't get that in NFTs because of blur farming. So blur farming it provide actually like one thing I would say is, and people have their own opinions about this, but without blur, you would have like no liquidity. So you would have had those like fifty. Or I don't know if I agree with that. There was, I mean, NFT volumes are much higher than they were pre-blur. I agree, but the problem with with the blur thing, for what it's worth, like I'd also think it's kind of like dumb if you're people are tweeting out like that like it's blur's fault for the market uh i don't think that's a smart tweet but i also um i think i think it's 9059 says it best Real liquidity right he says oh, he yeah, says so. it best he says that it's when you incentivize certain actions that's where it goes wrong and they have only incentivized you know certain actions that are just not right it's okay to also say like they they kind of like incentivize the wrong thing like it's Clearly, they have. exact says it's incentivized people who want to own a JPEG for thirty minutes. So yeah, yeah there is more liquidity for sure. Yeah. But it's liquid. Is it real liquidity for the market? It's no. Like yeah, you can get out of your bags, but it, like it's and just it, to yeah. somebody who's going to then going to sell them. I guess away. like the point I make is that it feels like everyone has been saying this for a long time, and maybe the writing's been on the wall for for a long time. And I think it's not like if you wanted to sell your apes, your Azuki, or whatever, you, that you couldn't. Right, and there's been times mm-hmm. in the NFT market before that, before Blur, where if you wanted to sell something, the bid just wasn't there, and you had to be like, 
you get people aggressively undercutting you have to just wait and be ca- oh, and be patient whereas like you know at any point in time in the last six months if you wanted to sell however many nfts you wanted to sell in the blue chip collections and obviously Amanda and i did it with the apes you could do it you could just go into blur and sell the whole thing you know, it's, right? it's perfect for people who want to go and sell like a ton of nfts into liquidity that's yeah. there's no there's no questions there i just think like if you're going to incentivize people to dump like don't no wonder the market is just doing so bad. Yeah. Like they have actively incentivized people to dump. They literally incentivized you guys to do that. Like it's like it's it's like it's this incentive. I mean, for what it's well, worth, I think, I think they I think they incentivized people to bid, and then if right. someone had an opposing view on the market, they had the liquidity to dump. Yeah. But also, uh, like, but also, like the the thing that the thing that's uh, I don't know. If, it's just the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Is, let me put it this way. If it was a bull market and you had the incentive to bid, would we be going lower or higher? We'd be going higher. Yeah, but it's not a bull market though. Like they're incentivized. Exactly. People. So is it, is it the way that it's incentivized or is it just because we're in a bear market? I think that we've been saying this on the show. Like you, us three, like all three of us have agreed to this a while ago where we're like this, these tools in the bull market are bull market tools, right? To a bull market incentives. We don't even know when the season two ends yet. Like it's been like, that's the problem is like they're running this, this exchange like an NFT project yeah. where like, it's like, the whole like mystery shit and like, you know, telling you like, this is not an NFT project. Blur is like a one of the biggest exchanges in the space. Like a little bit more clarity or transparency wouldn't hurt, right? Like, I don't know. So it's a very left field view, but in my opinion, if it wasn't for Blur, it would be worse. I think okay. you'd, have no, you'd have no liquidity and you'd have days where shit would just wouldn't trade. Less, people like, would be forced to hold. What do you mean? <laughs> they wouldn't be forced to hold. They keep, keep undercutting each other until they find the level of trade, right? And I don't know. We've I seen think, that before. I think incentivized bidding has massively hurt. Massively, it hurt. dude. Actually, actually, yeah. I don't think you're. I don't. I don't agree with you, Ovi, because we had this NFT bear. Remember, in 2021, in October, November, we had a terrible, terrible, terrible pullback all around on NFTs, right? Um, after the summer, and then it picked back up in Jan, Feb, 22, which were raging bull. But there was no like. It's a multivariate answer. Like we're I not going to, we can't, we can't pin yeah, it to one true. thing. We can't, we can't. Like, you know what you should do? You should, get, you should get Sam to chart NFT price volatility and liquidity and volumes, or like volumes and liquidity the same thing um, in, in the last like 18 months. And I reckon you would see that volatility was much higher pre-blur. That's slightly separate though, isn't it? Volatility doesn't necessarily mean that. Like, so doesn't mean up or down. Yeah, but the down is is due to market conditions, not the platform, right? I think I think incentivized liquidity has been bad, but like, I, I think that's something we can really go into positive. for a long, long time. But I think what this is really showing that your question of the of the of the space is like, is the PFP method dead? Like, I think there's been several things that caused caused this to happen. I think your thread from like a few months ago, I read back over it again, Ovi, like. I agree with a lot was what was said there. I think the, I mean, I think Blur's not helped. I think the price of ETH now going up a lot and looking like it's about to break out to go up even more really hurt over the weekend. Like, let's be honest, it went through everyone's head. Like, fuck, you know, all my money's in NFTs and it feels like ETH's about to go here. And you, you when you're in the, 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 when you're in the NFT market long enough, you kind of, n- or in the crypto space long enough, you know when it looks like, oh, this could really go. Um, and it felt like one of those weekends. And then uh, you just had some absolutely horrific delivery of this. In a lot of the projects that have done well, some of them have done well from 
from active community engagement. Um, and there's various different projects in that camp. I think Project Penguins has done very well. Digo's done very well. Things like Sappy Seal. Like, remember, we, we were having these conversations months ago. Like the real projects that are showing up are doing well. I think that was our um, conversation going into the year. Remember when NFTs were doing good in Jan, Feb? And going yeah. into the year, we were like, hey, like Q1 is going to be very good, but then Q2 is going to be very grim. And three, we literally, we kind of played this out. We're like, look, like Q2 and three are probably going to be terrible for NFTs, but Q1 is definitely, we're going to be like sort of like a little bull for NFTs, which happened. So I remember these conversations we were having yeah. on the show about, about, about that and the community engagement things. So I think, you know what it is though? It's not an, like, I, I, I'm going to quote this tweet from Atari again because it was great that Atari's follower that tagged me into this tweet in the weekend and said, um, token standards don't die, metas do, right? Um, and, and I like that quote a lot. And, you know, a meta, we could, could we say that one of the metas died this weekend? We're pretty close. I mean, people are really in disbelief. I mean, I saw Ovi, you put out some tweets out. You even had to put a tweet out saying, listen, like, I'm not usually like that, but if it, it's ter- it's 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 hard not to express myself, which for what it's worth, like for a long time, I'm the same. I think Miles is the same because like, we have a show every morning stuff. Like we kind of like hold ourselves back quite a bit, but like it's also okay as a founder to be like frustrated because we're not just, we're not like hashtag Twitter spaces hosts on here. Like we're fucking founders, right? Like we all have our respective projects and, and communities that we have to like, with uh withholding this market as well like and it just sucks when you see like all the attention and like money and, and everything go towards things that there's nothing there's nothing i mean you guys have you guys used to deal with distressed companies for 10 years before this if you looked under the hood of nft companies i am sure you would see the same thing you saw in TradFi with distressed companies it's a bunch of people that were given millions of dollars that never ran anything before right and i'm not saying i'm much better but uh, you know i know for a fact that there's people in the space that that launch that have projects that have bought sold companies before that that actually have the dog in them like real entrepreneurs you know not people that were given millions in the bull market to figure it out right yeah so I think what, I guess what I was saying what I was saying though is I think those projects have done well but there was still like a big part of the, the market that was this you know expectations something's coming but it's not like we have an active community like or it's not the most active community building one, but it, like we have this thing that's coming and this is constantly like perpetual expectation is something that a lot of people strive mm-hmm. for in the space is like a way to keep these floor prices. And all you saw is like a, a few of the projects which are based around that have all just like imploded really like, or at least it's, it's not hit in the same way. Like even if they delivered a good product, it's not hit in the same way. You know what I mean? Um, and so a lot of those per- perpetual expectation style projects have started to crash. Um, and it, my, my opinion, like profile pitches are one of the best um, marketing tools for NFT. Not when you're rate limited. I think Elon didn't help this weekend. <laughs> hey, dude, like every, it's like everything went bad this weekend. Even Twitter, our only use case right now. I know. <laughs> when- like, the product market fit can work across so many different platforms, right? It's not just Twitter. You could have that across any, every single social media has got a profile picture. And, or if you're using gaming, it has an avatar. Like there is normally a way for you to show off your profile picture, whatever happens. Even if Twitter died tomorrow, there'd be a new platform. And guess what? You'd have a profile picture. So like the idea that profile picture, um, I actually think it is advertising space for the internet. Like it's, it's easily the best. I understand it is the product market fit of this shit. Uh, of this space and i don't think it's dead but i do think that um 
people have just been sold just the wrong the wrong products so and i think they even knew they were getting sold the wrong pro- i think they even knew that they couldn't believe that like and what you said there was 100 true for rope you actually peel back the hood and i've peeled back the hood of a lot of different projects because you, you speak to them and it is a lot of people who like if you think that team is like oh my god that team's amazing it's it's not like honestly it's a lot of shit getting done it's a lot of people like muddling through trying to get stuff done um it's not it's a lot of smoke and mirrors i tend to find a lot of it so the idea that you are going to find some incredible and uh, i i use the term apple not as a shit on on like digos because i don't even know that team but the idea that you're going to find like a next you know fang style stock in an nft project or like you're going to find this amazing team delivering like unbelievable tech you're not going to find it and i think what you've just generally seen is just like a collapse of all of that and um mm. that happened with azuki that had that allure of like this team which is just like absolutely incredible and then they've they made a mistake and then you know, most of these teams are, like five people with like massive treasuries like for what it's worth like i don't know how you can run a company with like three four five people like that level and that size like i i don't know it's, maybe you guys know better than me i like a lot of these teams like even if you look at the amount of people they have behind like yeah we're running lean you're not running lean you're just not maybe just, you're not hiring enough like you know what i mean like there's running lean when you're bootstrapped you guys running lean you tweet about this but you also don't need 15 team members to run the dgens and the rec guy okay i need 15 thing, people right? i yeah. need to, as a matter of fact if i had 40 million dollars shit rugby would be a 25 people team right because I actually need that the, the people, but a lot of these brands need people. You can tell, like, you, how are you gonna how are you gonna build everything you're promising to build with three people on your four, five, six, seven people on your team? Or am I wrong, Ovi? You've been want, you've been you've been grabbing that mic a few times since. Talk to me. Also, talking about this thread you wrote in February. What's what's the general thoughts here? You know? Yeah. Look, I think first thought, I definitely sent out some like aggressive or. You're a bad cop. I'm not a bad cop. It's frustrated. Like, I am, I've drafted a lot of tweets. I was very frustrated this weekend. Exactly. It's frustrating because, look, like, we've been in an empty bear market for a long time. And some projects were doing well. Azuki was doing well. Mm -hmm. Meme was doing well. Like, D Gods has been doing well. Pudgy Ping has been doing well. So you're just like, oh, cool. Like, it's been pretty shit, but there are some people doing the right stuff and they're putting in real effort and they're, fostering strong communities and they're doing well and they're making us realize and feel like, Hey, this, this space does still have a chance because all these projects have survived and actually done well in, in the last 12 months amid like a terrible bear. So when you see like those very projects go and do like $40 million mints and then just put out like, just put out shit content. I'm sorry. Like the, the, I mean, the meme stuff is its own thing, but like these stuff, it was, it was low effort. It was, I'm sorry, but it was low effort. And a bunch of Azuki holders will be sitting there being, ah, oh, but this, but this, but this, but like, I mean, come on, like, fucking wake up, like, stop marrying your bags. Like, it was a low effort drop for $40 million. If they had done that drop for free, then it's like, okay, fine. If they made 100 grand on that drop, fine. But like, is that something that is worth $40 million? Is that the right standard? No, it's not. It's absolutely not. Look at Pudgy Penguins, right? Like, how much money has Luca raised from his holders since he started Pudgy like, Penguins? Tell me the answer is zero. Zero. As a matter of fact, he took, and not only that, the poor guy had to take a project that had three collections out. They haven't, yeah, he's, he, they haven't done a mint. And look at how much value he's delivered back, back to his holders by whether it's raising money externally, whether it's having an idea. Oh, wait, sorry, no, he getting, sold them a toy. Right. Whether it's getting external revenue streams, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that to me is a founder who is actually thinking about his holders, has different ideas that are genuinely outside the box, that aren't just like, 
oh hey we're having a fucking pfp with different wearables now <laughs> like like it's like 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 genuine divers- diversification and um and he's doing well patrick Penguins is doing really well right that i think is a, is a great example of it so it's just like it's just frustrating for me to sit here as like someone who collects NFTs, someone who is a project founder someone who just generally really likes and loves the space to see like blue chip project go and do that and then just not really deliver what they should be delivering to a standard that they should be delivering it to and i think that's why i just got frustrated and even like the, the meme land thing like, I, I get it like i think i actually think ray is very smart and i think he has a history of fostering communities and we had him on the show and i think he was one of our best hey, interviews in, on the show yeah. i think he has a, i think he has a great chance doing it because i think he's, his head's in the right place and everything um but it's hard you know it's like like that took six months to reveal like six months to reveal that right and they've rolled something out that isn't isn't that new and i hope he succeeds i really want to see i like him as a person and i want projects to succeed because it's good for all of us but you know it's just tough to see those. it's just tough to see those things and it's like you see like a bad thing after a bad thing after a bad thing after a bad thing after a bad thing would that be as bad bear market like it's tough to sit here and watch that I have a question for you. Would you have the same opinion um, if uh, those projects didn't have those massive raises, like the $2 million, uh, two ETH, sorry, two ETH uh, mid price of Azuki, and if they had lower uh, floor prices? I think the frustration comes from the fact that the expectation was so big for so long. And then you look at it and you're like, why is this 8 ETH? Or five ETH, because five ETH right now is ten United States dollars, ten thousand United States dollars, right? And ETH is going back to your highs. It's going to happen. ETH is going back to all time high at some point or another. It doesn't have to be next week. This could be in a year, two years. I don't care. It's going to happen, right? Um, and you look at this, and you're like, what? I think this is where a lot of NFT people this weekend. What happened is that I think because the crypto market is doing insane. Actually, my fact, look at Pepe and, and Bitcoin and ETH go right now. Like as I'm speaking, yeah, right? it's it's going back up. Like it's it's going again. So like you're looking at that and you're like, you realize this weekend, I think that most 99% of the NFT um, Twitter did not position themselves accordingly. And they're short of, they're short of coins and they're full of NFTs and their NFT ether price went down and the price of ETH went up. And that's the worst. This is the absolute worst situation for anyone in NFTs as bag holding is looking at and including and we have, I have still bags of NFTs, which, but I counted those at zero when I saw ETH go to 800 the first time. That was my personal first terrifying moment where I like, that was the first time in my life, I think, where I was like, wow, like, whoa. Like I got sick to my stomach. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. During that moment. And I, I, I don't blame people feeling it this weekend, honestly. Um, and, you know, we're not even like, I, I, I hate the Doom posting and stuff. I think it's a very like good conversation. Then like, just like, I feel like this is how most of the markets uh, uh, feels. I kind of want to ask you guys both an- another question. I'll go you, to you, Amanda, first, but kind of the question I asked uh, on the on the, on the the title, uh, you know, when I posted this is, is this PFP meta dead or, 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 or do you think that this is a healthy reset uh, happening in the space right now? I think... And me and Obi have spoken about this before, yeah. just like even with the future of, of something like Red Guy. I think the model for PFPs is going to change. Is going to have to change for both founders and for um, for collectors. So before it was, you did the Yuga Yuga model, right? You build an IP, you then build that IP gradually with airdrops, 
the air, airdrops expands the storytelling of the of the of the original IP. It has value that can then be used in different utilities like games and stuff like that. That is an incredibly difficult thing to do, and I don't know if anyone will ever be able, ever be able to do it in the way that you did it again. Like it's very very difficult to do, and a lot of people spun it up, spun up things basically trying to do exactly the same thing. Um, and I think what we've realized is those Ponzi's, they very rarely work. And even when they work, they can feel more like Ponzi's. Yuga was like, early though. They all played the Yuga playbook, right? Yuga right. Was Yuga's kind of collapsing in on itself now, even with the amount of stuff that it has. Like Yuga's obviously in pain because it has so many assets. And that's with one of the strongest entrances into this. What I do think, uh, and at the same time, like a founder, why would a founder come into this space? Right? Like, if I want to try and build an IP, why would I do that if it's just going to cause me like unlimited liability? I don't even really make money from trading fees. Like all I have is just this, this basically this community who hates me for what I then try and do. So I think what we, me and Obi spoke about is that like it can work. It can work going forward. And I think the smart projects who like Pudgy Penguins are doing this is you need to push the brand value into products, essentially. Products which are then not just sold back to your community as one big Ponzi um, or airdrop to community one big Ponzi. So, for example, Pudgy Penguins have now got an independent revenue source. I think that is how you have to think about it from a founding perspective as well. You come into this space to try and build a um, IP slash community which then can be used to propel your product which is sold to a much larger audience much much broader appeal and hopefully then that leads back to the original ip having value this idea that you will create ip which then gets resold back to your original community um and they're your only real customers or the nft community itself is your own real customers i think that's collapsing on itself for most for most projects right now and the ones that went down that route of like right we're going to give you more more nfts and all that, that stuff doesn't work so like We've looked at Rec Guy and said, like, we, right now, Rec Guy makes zero, zero basically in revenue. So we own, we own, we like, we manage Rec Guy. There's no money paid in trading fees. Like, we haven't, we haven't made money for months in trading fees. Um, there's no, we, we get sponsorship for a Rec Radio show, which is its own brand. We've propelled the Rec Guy brand to do that sort of stuff in the same way that Rec brand or the Rec Guy brand. We're going to propel to do other stuff and that will hopefully be able to sustain the, the whole thing and push forward the IP into various different forms. So like the way that he's thinking about Pudgy Penguins, for example, he's taking it to Comic-Con. He's thinking about Pudgy Penguins right. brand, right? How do I use this NFT community as my, as my cheerleaders to push this brand? And then that will also benefit my original holders. That's, that's how the only way that this meta works. This idea that if we were conversely at Rec Guy, we could be like, right, we're going to give you Rec Guy companions. We're going to build out a metaverse. We're going to do this, this. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yuga might be able to get away with it in like a Pokemon style model. But like, if you tell me that we, the amount of times I've fucking heard, we think of this as like your original Pokemon or your original Disney characters or your original and everything else is going to build the, that just does not work in this space. Uh, particularly when you that your only customers is are the is just in the NFT community. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think that's what's collapsed. And Azuki was just a prime example of that happening. Like they basically sold it all back to their original holders. Yeah, and ninety four percent. And that's kind of the case for ninety percent of the projects which have really been smashed over the last few months. Um, you had like the final flurry of ones recently, but that's you name all the projects, all the fallen angels, let's say, all the projects that were, were in, they, they've all fallen for the same thing. So I just think it it, it requires a change in the business model um, from the founding yeah. side and from the community side. Like, and in some way, that doesn't mean as parabolic a rise. You need you need founders with business acumen to actually push forward the brand in channels which aren't just in the NFTs. Um, and I also think the incentives for doing it are obviously right. less are more difficult. So you're going to get, you're going to have fewer people come into this space. You know, when Kevin Rose came in, it was like, oh, we're going to have all these incredible, you know, like smart business founders coming into the space. Like there's no real reason for you to go into NFTs if you're an entrepreneur right now. Like you will only get somebody, I think, who wants to push a concept if they have a real idea about how they can push it to, to, uh, to um, alternative revenue streams. Um, so I, I, I think... Hopefully this is healing, but I still think there's a lot of pain to come. Like genuinely, I still think those business models aren't, unless they all decide, right? Yeah, we can, we can, we can shift this. Um, but mm. it doesn't feel like that. Like we literally, we were hearing about innovation and then we basically did a companion drop for $40 million last week. Yeah. And it looks like it's either, all right, we're going to drop you a coin. We're going to drop you an NFT. We're going to drop, that's, that stuff is just, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah, I think um, what I would say is I think a lot of it does come back to market dynamics, like we were talking about at the beginning with Lair and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you're just in a bad market. And um, I think what will happen is when you have another NFT bull market and you will have another NFT bull market, I do believe that, I just don't know when, um, I think PFPs will come back. Maybe there might be some kind of new narrative, but I do think PFPs will come back and you'll get brand new projects telling you brand new stories that they there can- There are probably projects that don't exist yet, right? Yeah, they're probably projects that, that don't exist yet. Yeah. And they will do very well. And for a while, maybe six months, 12 months, 18 months, they will do really well and people will believe into it. And then when you get to the last part of the cycle, once again, people will realize they don't know what they're doing and they'll drop 90%. And by the way, let me tell you another market that's very similar to this. It's the shitcoin market. It's the same thing, right? Like altcoins will say, hey, we've had this coin and we're doing this project. We've raised money from the initial um, pre-sale token, whatever it is. And we're going out there and building this project. And everyone's like, cool, cool, cool. And then, you know, when it gets like late cycle, they're like, ah, oh, or like into the, into the bear cycle, everyone's like, oh shit, like we don't have the money to do it or we messed up and, you know, we're closing down operations. And then new cycle, get a brand new altcoin that will do the same thing again and, and it's rinse and repeat. And, you know, like I think what Kobe said a few months ago was right. Like NFTs are kind of just like altcoins with pictures because um, away from the art part of the market, which I think is and trades very differently. And that's where I personally prefer to collect mm -hmm. now. Um, you have to understand that you will have new things, new narratives and new PFP projects that will come telling you new stories and they'll do really well. They'll be great trades. They'll be great investments. But again, like 90% of them will just die probably unless you have like, ex like legitimate high quality projects coming to the table. And as things have started to play out in, in the last few months, we've seen that teams behind them are not that high quality. So. 
I think I think this is what it is. It's not like, by the way, like I, I'm seeing all the tags as usual when we talk here. We get a bunch of tags. I, I mean, I'm seeing like the, some people like there was my pet hooligan represented at the web at the expo, license expo in Vegas. I saw cool cats and pudgies are at the Comic Con coming up. I think like there's a lot of like there's a there's a lot of teams that are actively you know doing cool stuff. I mean, last week while we had the MFers come up, like some guys this stuff at Lowe's, like cool things, right? At all times, all these cool things going on. There's always teams that are still shipping product and and great stuff. It's just that is there a reason why the market's attention is? I'll ask just what is probably a stupid question, but what's the reason then why our market? Because uh, that is the question that comes next. We know the problem. We know what happened this week where some people were disappointed with captains, meme land, some people, which for it's worth. I continue to be very bullish on Ray and, and, and everything because if anyone understands, you know, business and, you know, like attention economy and stuff, it's definitely the nine gag team. But um, anyways, yeah, the Zuki stuff that happened, we'd already talked about it way too much. And then um, uh, the heavy metal is not as enticing for most people. As a matter of fact, I don't have time to even look into it personally speaking, though I love you guys, their team and everything is just a lot at the moment to do everything. Um, so my question is, what, then why? So the next question is why? Why are, are those teams not the ones where the money's flowing to? Like why why are we still buying Azukis at six ETH or or another NFT at ten ETH or eight ETH or five ETH or four ETH? And why are people still not going towards the NFTs that are because there's plenty. Like I, I, I I'm lucky enough, I guess I'm surrounded with a lot of people that are building cool stuff. So I see that side of the coin, which was why I wake up with the glass half full at all times, even if the market's grim, but you know, why then? Is there a reason or is it just like people love speculation and everything? I think people love speculation. Like I, what I would say is it, that again, that goes back to what I said at the start, which is there are some projects which seemed like they were building based around community and being good, like, I don't know, governors, let's say of, of a community and builders. And there were some which still had that fugazi element to them where it was like, oh, this thing could be the thing. And there was a few, right? Like it wasn't just this. Remember at the start of this year, we had things like Digidaigaku. We had these, these they, they always kind of play out in, in, in where they always play out. Like we've got this new thing coming. And, and I mean, the and, thing with DJ is that Gabe, Gabe Layden is actually like a Chad and he's probably going to do something and they do have like 200 mil. But yeah, I know what you mean. There's metas all the time. <laughs> it's it's more the style of project I'm talking about rather than switch me, anything. Switch it's like yeah. right, they've got this next thing coming, and this is the next thing that's going to be the thing. And the next right? one. And I don't feel like that with 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 some of the other projects, but there are some which are like that, and people mm. love that, and they love to talk it up, and you'll see all over the timeline. This is going to be the biggest thing coming out, and um, that's the stuff that inevitably collapses. Um, and you just saw them all collapse around the same time, at, or like it's all fed into each other and. It, it, to be honest, like it is part of the Yuga playbook that, right? Like they've got something coming like this. And you, it's all come from that because Yuga has been so unique in its ability to build out an ecosystem like this. But everyone else has copied it. And it's just it, the life cycles of it are all, they're all falling apart quite quickly, much quicker than they were before. Um, and it's very easy to work out that, you know, the teams behind them are not teams that are ever going to be able to deliver on. Even Yuga probably doesn't have the war chest to deliver on what Yuga wants to deliver on. You know, it needs hundreds of millions. I guess it has ApeCoin, but you need you need so much to deliver some of the things that are being being asked of. Even when we spoke to Azuki, right? I thought they were delivering a whole anime. It sounds like they're just doing anime shorts, right? Like it's very different. <laughs> like it's I don't know. Like 
the the the, NF, the the profile picture projects which I feel most comfortable in, and the ones I still own are projects where it's just about the community. Where I, I just feel like when I see them, I uh, as a profile picture, I'm like, yeah, I I fuck with that person. Like I I know I know what they stand for. I like it, and I think those are the, the safest bets and they'll probably do well over time because they're always going to be relevant. It's not going to be like, oh, they failed to deliver on this one thing. Everything collapses. Mm. You know, like Azuki made, they made an error, but they made, they didn't mean to make the error. I don't think they're like malicious. I know what we'd be saying is like they, with low effort, but I think they probably went into that mint thinking we're going to crush this. Right? I mean, negligence. They thought they were going to do well. Negligence. They made, so they made one great. slip up I mean, and then the whole thing is collapsed. Right? The whole thing is just like imploded. Though. It's negligence, though. It's not like I don't like. But, but over a longer, t- long enough time horizon, projects which are built around that will always have that slight level of negligence that it all implodes. You want to pick project where it's not based on that. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Sorry. Like if I was sitting there at Uglabs, I'd be like, "Look, look at all the stuff that we've built," and yet one slip on like heavy metal could mean that they suddenly are perceived as like cash grabbers, or it's not not done well or all this sort of shit. Wow. It's you know uh, what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's like Yuga hasn't even done a paid mint this year. Yuga? That's when they do a paid mint. <laughs> There's no chance they can in this market. It'll it's like no chance. I mean I, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is this is this is the issue that, that we're running into right now is that like one slip up and it all it all falls apart, particularly when it's paid. Um and I I think PFPs as a pro, I actually think they are a really good product market fit for the internet, for like how we all interact on the internet daily. All social media have profile pictures. They can work in avatars if this expands into a more like, I don't know, 3D metaverse style appeal to them. They are a good product. It's just that people, and they do show status, they can show all of that sort of shit. It's just that people got confused that this was going to be some insane. Yeah delivery of utility oh, I, I am getting a dm though like it's true they did technically a paid mint when they did the gucci pendant and the um, and the pumas with 10 ktf okay and, and, right, and okay, but it's not going to pay the bills and the ordinal and the ordinal, and the ordinal. Oh, but, shit, yeah they did ordinals and the 12 full ordinal so technically speaking they did charge they did pay a few payments uh if you yeah. think about pure like revenue but i know what you mean like there's I know what you mean, but there was technically speaking that they're like paid mints because they, they they are selling products. But I know what you meant. Like it's not they didn't do like a their another, revenue must be down, side. yeah, so much versus last year, right? I guess what I'm trying. To... Yeah, because they haven't they didn't do another side mint. They didn't do a mutant star mint. They didn't do like they haven't done a big big mint. Although though I would agree, twelve fold was a was was yeah. done well, but it was only to two hundred people. It, yeah. How many I mean, look at this. There's some people building super cool stuff. Like I'm just, and I'm gonna, I, I do want to be mindful of time, so I'm gonna go to to meet and Raskolov in a second here. But look, I'm getting tagged in this. Like, there's a lot of people doing cool shit. Look, I don't even hold any. You know, yeah, we it's had so, those guys on the show. Yeah, we had them on the show. Came as a show partner, like uh, what, a few months ago. There right, the whole team, Mike Hooligan. Look at that. Look at this. This is fire. Like, or or like the guy, he he tagged me in a bunch of different things right now. Like he of of at the at the Web three Expo, like you know, there's there's just there's just a bunch of stuff going on, right? Like it's like here, not Web three Expo. I'm so sorry, licensing thing, right? And then they were all over. They're all over. Look at this. They're all they're everywhere, right? Like, look, like this is this is this is a this is an NFT brand. But you, do you think do you think that, that the DJs that are listening to this care? No, they're not putting the money there. And it's it's it, in my opinion, I'd rather 
and I, and I'm not gonna do it, but like I'm saying, like rather have one NFT that's worth seventeenth or like maybe four of those or ten like or someone this morning, you know, went and bought twenty five or NFTs. How much do you think this ran him? Maybe three ETH. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do, right? Like, I I'm sorry. Like, I was thinking because I, I, you know, I, I did move like one of my Zuki's to the Igor wallet the other day, which seemed to have made a lot of noise. But like, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. But you know, but the thing is, no, but it was a joke, right? And but the thing is, like, and and this is not you guys saying it; it's me saying it. And I don't have any stake in your project whatsoever at all. CC zero, after all. Do I prefer one Azuki at sixties or 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 twelve red guys? I'm sorry. I know where my, where, where my, you know what I mean? Like I, this is what you're saying. It's not capitulation. You're right. It's not capitulation on the NFT space. In general, it's the top projects that are seeing this blow off top based on the fumbles of a bunch of other ones, right? They, the only one who hasn't let us down yet. I'm not going to say yet because I, I don't want them to let me down. I, please, Frank, if you're listening to this, Frank, Frank, listen to me, Frank. I'm going to look into the camera right now. Frank, Kevin, if you're seeing this, if you're listening, you know, I really love their holders, by the way. Utes and Digos holders are all really good people. But please, for the love of the market, don't fuck this up. Yours truly. But, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> anyway. I, I would say that, that, that that's a project which does have an expectation about it, right, slightly. But Frank's in, thing about that different to some of the others is that Frank's an incredible community leader and builder. So, like, they, they kind of have that feeling that it would be valuable even if Frank did nothing, in my opinion, because it's seen as a community, a very, very strong community vibe to it. Um, like there's an ETH, even if Frank wasn't there, you kind of get what D-Gods is about, right? You get what it's about. They, they could probably still form like the bar route, the frat style thing without him. So mm -hmm. I actually think they're in a good spot and that they have a bit of both about them. Same yeah. with the Pudgy Penguins, right? They have a bit of both about them because they've done a very good job of community. What about Luca? He's you now he we're gonna see this new meta. The meta is ship first, floor pumps after. That's gonna be the new meta over the next years. Like there's no reason after all this scarring that we've just went through, as long as it's not mass onboarding, with all the battle scars we have now, there's no chance someone puts five to ten ETH behind a one single unit PFP He's without the before. Right, like there's no chance. Like I would never, me personally speaking, I am not buying shit before seeing something in the for uh, beforehand. I've been burned just as bad as a lot of probably been worse at some points than a lot of people. I am not. At this weekend, I was thinking like, should I buy this? No, spot more ETH. That's my favorite NFT. <laughs> 2K right now it looks like it's literally i mean it's going right now i'm we're gonna segue here into the stubs artists of the week can't wait to chat with them but quickly look i mean look look like what are you what are you gonna do you know what i mean like i don't know i i, I when you look at this and then and then and then and then you look at the state of of, of the top projects in the space you're like why, why would i why would i do that like you know or, or i'll go into this that's my risk one right by the way ovi how's that aging for you <laughs> very, very well i just loved waking up to a, a a milady like dm in a group chat saying it and that's how i found out like i just uh, loved waking up to the fact that i found out that you did this move on the coin from a uh, milady in a group chat then our own like i read that chat before yeah i was having a tough time because like manda and i were talking about like having leverage these positions over the weekend and i was really close to doing because I think we just got a bit more bullish here for different reasons. <laughs> the problem I have with, with leverage is like, well, I just always had this like 
fear of like getting liquidated you have one of these like kinds of moves you know what i mean so easy on saturday, right on saturday yeah. there wasn't no i got i got one it was my first ever thankfully i was trying with like yeah. 200 dollars i was like playing with like something that it's significant so when i saw it, i was like whoa i understand why people don't like it <laughs> i'd rather just buy things where i can like hold them and if it goes down then i'll just like it'll be like, oh that sucks yeah. you're such a great spot guy like everybody should listen to you i'm such a good what's race but you're like the perfect spot buyer like you are you're him you yeah. know <laughs> well yeah and then just chill on the spot and then if you know if it goes down whatever you just wait it out so <laughs> that way you don't like that way you never monetize those losses unnecessarily but um yeah. You know, you have to, you have to have, you then have to have, what that means is if you want to make like extreme returns, you have to have some higher beta players. You have to have some higher riskier players. And yeah. whether that's like buying altcoins, whether that's buying NFTs in, the, in a different environment, um, you know, it can be different, different things, but it gets to a point where like you're chilling in ETH when you are unsure about the market because you're sure about ETH. And then when you get more sure about the market and um, you want you then you start thinking about how do I outperform ETH and what what do I need to uh, to own to outperform ETH? Yeah. And I guess I'm trying to I'm sort of starting to think about that now. Quick question, last question. Then I'm gonna move forward. Uh, you know when um where when when do we see maybe we'll see reliefs here and there? I think left and right we're seeing a little bit of it. I mean, kind of little jumps this morning, but not crazy. And Bitcoin just hit 31k again. Love to see that. Uh, but um, when do we really see another like NFT run? My thoughts, personally speaking, this week I was thinking about it a lot, is that we may see little bumps or release of new projects coming out, but until ETH is back to like an all-time high slash like you know three to four k position, we're not going to see summer twenty one again. Like, and I genuinely mean that is because again, the thesis of wanting to hold ETH for potential new run to all-time high over owning like a lot of NFTs. Right, like there was a point in time where I like, and I was that guy in twenty twenty one. I would, I was all in NFTs, almost no ETH. I would always run my wallet down to zero ETH. I would sell two apes for hundred ETH. All right, bet, run it back, ten cats. Right, literally, I was him. And then, thankfully, this year, thanks to my favorite influencers, that's both of you guys, I have heavily positioned myself on ETH. So thank God, uh, after seeing the FTX, Terra Luna, and everything go crazy, you know. But I, when I think about it this way, with this mindset, I don't see like people just throwing bets like we used to in 2021 until ETH is back to an all-time high position. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think that's the main risk to NFTs right now. Like if, and that's that's a that's a view rather than like something objective. I think the main risk is that ETH runs to 2,500, 3,000, something like that, and and that could be not a great environment for for nfts i do think like a lot of the there'll be some deflation in a lot of this still stuff like i don't uh, you see how this plays out for a lot of these they look worse as they go lower and it can spiral so i think it'll be more project specific maybe rather than than overall like is there a level that board apes look really really cheap yeah i think so mm. for sure like i think board apes are going to be relevant for for a long time like a long, long time. I think the whole Yuga ecosystem might not be as valuable, but I think Bored Apes specifically. Yeah, like are... maybe your heavy metal won't be worth anything in two yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, you, like, like for a long enough time horizon, right. heavy metal is a zero, but Bored Apes, I think, could be worth a lot. So I do think there's there's, there's that point. Um, and they'll, they'll be bought for that reason. Um, but I, I think some of the other stuff will, will continue to bleed. Um, and the, the main risk right now is just that you ETH rips, and if I'm honest, people have been people have spent their ETH so far this year on some really stupid stuff. 
like we've literally been sending ETH to people for free, shit coins, like the shit, um, and and terrible mints. So I would say, yeah, it's been. Rough. It's not going to feel great that I think for a lot of people in the NFT space because they would have they would have been like I spent all my liquidity like you like you said for like a lot of people still in that mindset like they're allergic to the ETH in their wallet and this is not the year for that to happen. Yeah, no, twenty twenty one is all I was doing. It was like every as oh wow, it's something just sold for five, six, ten ETH. Okay, let's send it all back into this because surely that is the next Pokemon, right? Um, you know, and we're going to flip Hello Kitty, right? With like projects run by seventeen year olds, right? Like listen. It's all it's fine. Mistakes are made, right? From wallets that we control. However, you know they can also. I love like, that fucking line. It's just it's so iconic. Bring it back. Where did I'm, it go? Where did I'm it go? Lying. Where did it go? You know, bring the mistakes <laughs> made line back. You know, make it cool again. But you know, listen. We're 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 at the end of the day. I and now I will seriously go to Raskolov and then meet. I'm so sorry, guys, but this is such an important talking. But it's just like, like maybe your perspective as artists can be interesting. But it's it's um you know, I think everybody should just hang tight. You know, don't lose your conviction. Uh, you know, like like we said, Token Steiner is not going anywhere. Ethereum is not going anywhere. Learn new crafts. Get a job in the space. There's nothing wrong. Like if you're actually in the position where you you need money and you need to figure things out, genuinely get good at something and get a job in this space. Like the space in general, the crypto space is not going anywhere. A lot of people we're constantly hiring. A lot of people are constantly hiring. You have to. You 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 just have to double down on your conviction. Um, times will be tough on the NFT side, but look at crypto. Like crypto is literally ripping as we're speaking, and and things on the crypto land is looking really, 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 really good. Like the the crypto spectrum, right? So, um, so you know, I think this is really again a time just get really good at something. Maybe you're not going to become a multi millionaire multi millionaire trader like you thought you would, like we all thought we would. You know, there are some stories that are amazing, right? There are crazy stories like your story, you guys coming in with the apes. and It's an insane story, but that's one in a million. There's not 20 stories like y'all's or like Danny's or like the people you host on Wrecked Radio, right? And if you listen to them, they have their stories of getting wrecked are sickening. You know, when Keyword Monkey says, yo, I, was, I lost $5 million in one day once, like, that's sickening. So not a lot of people, it's easy to say you make it on the way up. A lot of people also lose it on the way, you know, lose it lose it back. So it's just important for people to understand. That's why you should listen to Rack Radio. I'm going to plug it one more time because that's where I get, like, honestly, it's taught me a lot this year. Like, straight up, right, in the, in the, in the, in the mindset. So anyways, y'all, we keep it going. Couple more liquidations and wag me only, you know, it'll come back. You know, it's going to be wag me season again. It's just a matter of when. Not a matter of how. Anyways, I'm going to segue hard here into our two special guests of the day. Amit Raskalov, good morning. Oh, I'm fired up that it's you guys this morning. I found out. So I only find out about the Stubbs artist of the day, like, I think on Monday morning. Because I, I purposely don't look because I don't know, I kind of want to be surprised myself <laughs> or on Sunday sometimes. But I just got me hyped up. Amit Raskalov, good morning. How you both doing? GM, GM, how's it going? Listen. Hey, what's up? What's up? Yo, yo, listen. If you want to see some crazy shit, head over to the YouTube. If you want your stomach to turn, not because of uh not because of uh of uh of the NFT market, but uh because, <laughs> but because of uh but because of of uh, seeing people climb like, you know, hundreds of meters in the air, get over uh, get over to the, to the to the YouTube stream and come check this out. Amir Raskalov, we got the on the roofs gang here. I'm gonna give it to both of you, maybe for a quick little introduction. 
whatever order you want. <laughs> yeah, hey, my name is uh, Emmett. I'm part of On the Roofs with with Ratskalov, who is the founder of On the Roofs. We uh, we do urban exploration. We climb all over the world, and yeah, I'll pass it over to Ratskalov. Yeah, what's up, everyone? I'm uh, Raskalov. My name is uh, Vitaly. Raskalov is the last name. Anyway, yeah, I'm founder of the Underroofs project, and I'm running this project for like almost 10 years, wow. since 2013. And uh, yeah, from the very beginning, I think like from 2013, we, we managed to travel over 50 countries, you know, climb to so many places, also together with Emil. And um, yeah, it was a pretty fun 10 years, you know. Yeah, so far. I'm looking at your YouTube right now. 1.8 million, subs- 1.28 million subscribers. Most watched YouTube video, 95 million views. Uh, and you're climbing a 650 meter tower in Shanghai. The Shanghai Tower. <laughs> so we're gonna. I'm just gonna play the videos in the background uh, while we're talking to you guys. Listen, um, I've obviously found. I've known about uh, on the roofs forever. Uh, I mean, forever. If you even had an Instagram account once in your life, you've seen their videos or photos <laughs> come, come pass through on, on your on your for you page. <laughs> all over the point for a hot minute and still are. Um, and so I kind of want to ask you guys, I mean, Raskalov, then I'll go to you. I mean, what, how did On The Roof start? Like, what was, you know, have you always been, um, like, actually even, what goes through your head? Like, what goes through your head? Take me through, what went through your head when you decided to start this? Like, how did it, was it born? Jenny Curse, how does someone start something like that? <laughs> oh, man, it's actually a very interesting question. I think it's, everything starts from the childhood. You know, I was, uh, I was born and I was growing up in a very small village in uh, Eastern Europe, in the center of Ukraine. And there was like, I didn't have a TV until like 11, no mobile phones, nothing. So yeah, everything what I do, I just explore, I climb some trees, some, you know, like small (laughs) buildings, all of this stuff. So I think like originally everything came from the childhood. But the, the project I started in 2013 when I went first time, like on my, you know, uh, outside Ukraine of Russia journey, we went to the Egypt and climbed the Giza pyramids. Oh, so I the know idea that. Was, was, yeah, yeah. You got in we, trouble we for that, this. no? No, 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 no. no? We like we all, we we almost get arrested, but we gave hundred dollars bill as like you know bribe, not and the bad. security just show us an exit, you know. Oh. But it was ten years ago. Not so many people climbed this one. Like only couple. So it was very unpopular place. Uh, um, around urban exploration scene and it was very easy to you know like to bribe security just with 100 dollars right now it's completely different yo that, that that's interesting so it comes from your childhood okay i got that uh and so and so i mean i'm looking at this video 660 meters shenzhen center tower that you climbed what is the tallest building tower thing you've ever climbed <gasps> uh, i think I think it's like Shanghai or Shenzhen. It's yeah, the something Shenzhen about Shanghai, you know. Like I don't know how many feet is it. Six hundred sixty like meters to yeah. feet. So six sixty meters to feet is twenty one hundred feet. So for the people, for, oh, wow. for, for our, our American brothers and sisters, this man okay. climbed a twenty one hundred foot tower. 
just to feel something. Okay, I ape yeah, NFTs you know, to feel is... something. He apes t- uh, 2,000 feet long towers. <laughs> 20, 2,100 sounds pretty scary compared to 650. I mean, you even climbed the Rio de Janeiro, um, the Christ the Redeemer uh, statue as well. What is, let me ask you something. What is the most insane climb of your life? And there's been a lot, but what's one that really stands out to you that was like just particular or like, you know, just insane? Uh, all of them, you know, are pretty insane. And every like, every journey, every mission, you have like uh, very, very tight and intense moments. For example, on, in Rio de Janeiro, you have to go in the night uh, to the favelas and there's like, you know, police cars with the, with the police, police guys sleeping inside. They have a gun. And imagine if they see two, like two males uh, sneaking around in the mask, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to yeah. shoot first and then, uh, then ask questions. So this is pretty, you know, this is, was probably the most dangerous part in this mission when we climb on the Cristo Redeemer in Rio. Wow, that is crazy. So let me go to Amit real quick here. Amit, so Amit came to the Rock Radio event, our first official event in in um, in New York, right? And and it was two years ago. And then he comes to me and he goes, what's up, Farouk? I'm like, it's Amit. I'm like, yeah, what's up, Amit? Like, you know, all hyped up because I finally met him for the first time. And then he goes, so I've already checked the, the exits. Uh, there is an entrance uh, from the back door right now to the roof. If you want, we can grab a picture on the roof of this building. That's the first thing he tells me. <laughs> you ape. <laughs> it's so crazy. I mean, like, how, where did it start for you? And when did you join on the roofs? Like, when did you guys, like, you know, when did you guys kind of get together? And when was your first, when, when, same question. What was your, where did it stem from? Um, I, I think for me, it, it stemmed from like this, you know, I was always being a bit of a bad kid, always had an attraction doing things I weren't supposed to do, you know, legal things. So climbing on roofs of just the school building or going into sub tunnels and, and doing graffiti, stuff like that was something I did from a very young age. And, you know, I, I still have that need to uh, be a bit of a criminal, but I found that urban flooring is like the perfect compromise the perfect medium of that because it's a very victimless crime and i still get like the adrenaline surge and go through the motions of of doing something i'm not supposed to do but um in the end i you know i just create beautiful art you know i'm not we never try to disturb anyone we have this motto of uh only leave footprints and only take pictures so you know, it, it gives me a rush on different levels, both the artist rush of creating art, but then also just going through the motions of sneaking around these buildings sometimes, trying to figure out systems, you know. Like every building is a system that you can crack, enjoy <laughs> approaching it, you know. Like there's a there's a job tradition testers when they actually get hired to oh. go to building or hack into systems just to show vulnerabilities you know so i kind of do that 
a job, but in a way where I have no permissions to do it, then I'll get in trouble if I'm caught. I love that. That's the that's the cope, right? I, I, it's legal. There's a job for that. <laughs> but, you know, I find it interesting, uh, and it, it is a true story. And me comes like, hey, if you want, we can. It wasn't even big building. It was like a little Soho building. It's nothing, but like a few stories. But he's like, I've already. It's the first thing he looked at. <laughs> and for you and me, what's the, what's the tallest you've ever climbed? What's the tallest building you've ever you've ever been on? Um. You know, around here, I would have to say in New York, the Central Park Tower, it's um, 1,500 feet about, and it had a crane on top of it, oh so a couple God. of hundred feet. You know, it's about 130 floors, <laughs> and there's a penthouse that's currently on the market for $250 million. They haven't found a buyer yet, but me and Raskolov have visited this penthouse. <laughs> Checked it out. It's, I can... <laughs> We've checked it out. <laughs> He's funny. Just quickly, I do want to give the code for today's stubs. All right. Rug.fm forward slash stubs, S T U B S. Every single morning, Monday to Friday, we get free NFTs on the show. And we are still here for the art on the show. Let me tell you that because every single week we have different artists that come up. Every Monday they present us at their art. We have a really cool conversation about their backgrounds and what they're up to and what they're doing. And we love it. It's a nice little reset uh, through the weekend. And on Fridays we have weekly burns. And uh, last week, 31 people burned for, for Pauline Fayef's work, which is awesome. And this week you're going to have the chance to burn for two pieces of work. You're going to have... One piece is Amit's point of view, and one piece is Raskolov's point of view of the same climb, uh, which is super cool. So they both climbed the tower together and I built them together. It's going to be the same climb that they both shot. We're going to get into that in a second. I'll share it on the timeline while you guys, by the way, do join the YouTube. I'm still streaming like their videos from Under Roof's YouTube, which are insane. Uh, if you're if you have uh, if you have if you're afraid of heights, do not join the YouTube. That's your disclaimer uh, for this morning. But again, we do this initiative every single week and every morning we give a code. So today's code, uh, today's code for stubs is hold on. Reset, R-E-S-E-T is the code for today's club. So go to rug.fm forward slash stubs. If you own a DGEN's access code or any of the three Rug Radio NFT collections, the PFPs, the membership pass, or uh, the um, the Genesis Rug Radio NFTs, you can claim a free stub today. And then you're going to have to burn X amount of stubs for, uh, for the piece uh, next week. I'm looking to pin something at the top for you all to be able to learn more about stubs at the moment. But anyways, let's get back into that. I mean, look, it looks like, you know, I, I, I love hearing from from both your backgrounds and uh, and uh, and, uh, you know, how this climbing craziness uh, started. So let me ask you, uh, let me ask you here. So when when did you both get into the NFT space specifically? When when did you guys, you know, enter Web3 NFTs and decided this is where you're going to you know continue to create? So we both entered in the early summer of 21, right kind of when that bull run was starting to happen. And I have to give credit to Super Chief Gallery because Hell yeah. I'm, I'm a traditional artist. Like I went to Parsons School of Design and oh, I, paint, nice. I, I paint and draw. So I have been exhibiting my work with Super Chief Gallery you know, my, my mixed media pieces uh, previously, like a year prior. But then I sat down with Ed, the founder, and he was explaining NFTs. There was me 
Drift and another friend, and we were going to have a group show with Super Chief. And we, he sat down and explained that we should not be doing prints on the walls. We should be doing, you know, digital with NFTs. And it was all very new to me, but, you know, I believe in him and his vision. So I said, okay, let me figure out, you know, how to mint a piece. And back then it was like two, three hundred dollars just to mint one piece. It was insane, but. You know, the market was very healthy and we had that, that we had a show um, in the physical studio space um, in, in their gallery. Mm -hmm. So we, we had a very good turnout, you know, many hundreds of people came and then we, we sold some NFTs. So that was kind of my, my first step in, into the NFT world together with Super Chief Gallery. Yeah, that is that is really cool. Shout out to Ed. Big shout out. Remember, we did our first exhibit. I rented out the Super Chief Gallery for three days. We had the photography exhibit, and then we have, uh, if you were a rug radio holder and an artist, we were exhibiting your work over there, and it was really, really, really fun. Uh, Raskolov, what, what, when was your, when was the big, you know, uh, when did you get into into uh, into the space? Uh, yeah, I think shortly after Emil, and this is a big shout out to Emil, to um Super Chief Gallery, also to Drifter Shot. I, I called him maybe in summer of 2021. And yeah, he just told me like the best way to get to the NFT scene is Twitter. So I, I used to have a Twitter, you know, like from 2010. And I use it maybe just for a couple of months. And then I come back. So yeah, big shout out to these three people. I get yeah. from the Super Chief Gallery, Emmett and Drifter Shot. Yeah, big, big, big shout out. To, to drift who you know you both i think it was kind of like is there like a, a small group of people you guys all work to is it like a thing is it like a it's a climbing crew like is that like you know well exploring is starting to get more and more popular and actually at oh, this point terrifying sorry there's your video <laughs> like hundreds if not thousands of explorers in new york at this point but you know I try to keep a very tight circle of people I trust because when you climb with someone, you know, there's, there's no gear, there's no safety and you're putting yourself, you know, in a lot of jeopardy. Right. So if you're climbing together with someone on a crane or a spire, you really trust them with your life at the end of the day. So, you know, I have a very tight crew. Um, and yeah, Rascal of Drift are all part of that. They're, they're people I prefer to climb with that have kind of proven themselves over the years by by doing big things, you know, because you get a lot of also run-of-the-mill explorers that, that just kind of go to tunnels or abandoned buildings. It, it's not all yeah. the level that, that we do it sometimes. Yeah. You guys, you guys ever get scared? Do you feel um do you feel like what's the name of the do you feel scared ever um i mean i i will say that raskolov seems to be one of those rare individuals that's pretty much fearless in, a, in all oh, situations yeah, sorry that was the word i was looking for do you feel fear in yeah i do definitely i have a healthy degree of fear you know i'm i'm not doing this to cut my life short in any way i'm doing this to enjoy my life more um so Definitely, I've been in situations where I had to recognize my limits and not do a climb. And also, over the years, I've had some injuries, you know, complications from exploring. You know, I've dislocated my broken ribs. So things have happened while I climbed that forced me to take a step back and take it easy for a while. And then as you 
maybe you can take more risk again. Yeah, I mean, I'm going through your all your videos right now on your timeline and everything. Uh, I do want to talk about that time not re- not long ago where you were just arrested in Singapore. But was it Bali, Singapore? Was it? I forgot oh, where. Bang- Pardon? In Bangkok. Bangkok that was our yeah. uh, our most recent trip. Me and Rascal have did together was a few months ago. We traveled. Well, first I traveled. Yeah, I went to actually Korea first and uh, was uh, participating there. And then I flew over to Bangkok to meet Raskolov in Thailand. And yeah, we started out with some great climbs. You know, that city is a wonderful city that has a lot to offer. But unfortunately, we decided to climb the China Resource Tower uh, which is a very big deal building. It's a Chinese old building that has a lot of embassies inside, including the Ukrainian embassy, but they didn't help us out too much. Um, because when we got up on the spire, um, about 10 people came and oh. they climbed up to the top of the spire where we were hiding to, to retrieve us. And no then- way, they climbed as well. Yeah, because it was a very long way up. So we thought if we kind of hide out at this little perch at the top, they can't really see us from from downstairs if they come and check the roof. But yeah, one guy in his dress shoes and his top, you know, he climbed up all the way to the top and yelled at us, we have to get down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they were very unhappy, very unhappy. And so, and how many, how much, how long did you spend in prison? So it was a three-day process. Um, you know, they, they arrested us, and we had to go to court. And this was kind of difficult uh, language barrier because yeah. we were able to find one person from the building that spoke English eventually, and he agreed to translate for us. But then the courts weren't allowing it because they said there's a conflict of interest because she works for the building that's pressing the charges. And uh, the legal system is weird also. If you are arrested, two people doing something, it's much, much worse. It's much oh. more crazy. And they started talking about that we could have a year in jail. They started talking about deporting us. But in the end, we did a lot of negotiations. And I went to, to trial. I went to court. And, uh, you know, I had to... Uh, apologize and admit certain uh, certain things I did and in the end I paid a fine and now I have like a one year probation in Thailand that if I trespass again it's like instant six months in jail. Hey, so, you don't need to go back for your whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the plan. This is the plan to come back a year later, you know, one day. You guys so are not, climb, yeah, these guys are So crazy. we can climb places we, which we didn't climb and we, which we want to climb, you know. <laughs> And we're going to come back anyway. Uh, it's just bad luck. Yeah. But this is, you know, you know if be honest, my, my, my the biggest fear, I was in jail a couple of times, not for a long time. I've been for two weeks, for one week in different countries. And this is not the best experience I ever had. So I, I like the, my freedom is, yeah, I try to avoid any, any situation uh, connected with jail. This is my, I think, one of the okay. biggest fears, you know, just to stuck somewhere in Asia for like months and people will know about me. Yeah. yeah. That building you climbed in, is that Paris? Oh, it is. Is that Paris? No, that's not Paris. Sorry. Uh, but it's, that's nuts. I mean, just seeing you guys just climb all these buildings. Oh my God. This is wild. I mean, Raskolov, so your biggest fear, so you do feel fear or you not feel fear? 
No, I mean, if you, you know, like a couple of times I've been locked up in, in, in the United Arabian Emirates, in Central Asia, uh, in Africa. And like, you know, they take, they took your phone. You're not able to speak to them. You know, they beat you. And this is a very pretty oh. bad situation. You know, I don't like this kind of situation when you like have zero, um, zero knowledge what's going to happen next. You know, like basically can do whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I like that situation either. Uh, but, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm not a big fan of even uh, climbing, uh, you know, get going getting too, too high. <laughs> when, when, you know, even if I'm on a 50th floor of a building and trying to avoid the balcony. Uh, however, I see like you guys would probably be finding a way to get off the balcony to get on top of the roof. Uh, so <laughs> this is this is this is what uh, last question. I want to talk about your stubs piece uh, together, but. Your, your mom ever calls you guys to say, what the fuck you doing? Or <laughs> your family's ever be like, hey, like, did your family ever watch the On The Roofs YouTube channel? <laughs> yeah. they, my my family follows me on all social media and, and they see everything. You know, my dad likes it. He, he does kind of engineering and rock climbing himself. I love but that. Um, my mom absolutely hates it. She tells me to stop all the time. You know, somehow NFTs and the fact that I earned a little bit of money through it, like, legitimized it a little bit yeah. in her. Like, okay, well, at least, like, you get something from doing this all the time. But, she, yeah, she asked me to please stop all the time. But, you know, I just always tell her if you see me post something online, it means everything went well and I'm home posting it, you know. Yeah. That's cute. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want everything to to uh, to uh, to always go well. Look, those videos are just crazy. Not only that, though, like the actual photography itself is beautiful uh, when you guys post photos. So I really invite everyone, like, take some time to, like, follow both Amit and Raskolov right now. If you're on Twitter spaces, uh, check them out. Like, of course, it's the Under Roofs, like, YouTube channel, which is crazy. But, like, there's some really beautiful photography. Obviously, I've collected from both of y'all before you. I know you've done a couple editions with different projects, with different people as well. Uh, before that, whether it's memes or whether it's um, We Do Little or whether it's, um, the, what's it called, the cards, the Noble cards and a lot of other stuff. Of course, you're collected by some of the bigger collectors uh, in the space. And, and you know, a lot of people in the space, when you see, like, the climbing, you, 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 a lot of people are mentioned on YouTube Drift and whatnot. So it's, like, part of the same, like, you know, crew in a way. Like, you've all done your climbs together. And it's also, like, um, I love when you guys post, like, pictures of each other uh, doing the climb, which leads to, to the next part here, which is the Stubbs piece, right? So we have two pieces this week uh, that, we're, that we're presenting for Stubbs, which is the same climb from Raskolov and the meet, but a different angle of the climb uh, for each and every one of them. So uh, let me ask like open-ended question to both of you, whoever wants to go first, but talk to me about this climb. Like what, what's this climb? Where was it? When was it? Like what's, you know, what's the, what's happening behind the scenes of this photo? So this is in Brooklyn. Um, it used to be the tallest building in Brooklyn a few years ago, but it's not anymore. It's a place I really like. I must've been there a dozen times over the years. And, this was during NFT NYC. We have a collector, someone who's collected both of our one-on-ones. And he himself have started to explore a little bit on the West Coast where he lives. So we met up with him during NFT. And we had lunch, and then we suggested that we should go look at the sunset from our roof instead. So we went with him and his wife uh, to the roof. So really nice experience. What a utility! Look at that. 
So he's actually the second person you can see in my in my photo. Uh, shout out to Dice for Ada is his name. I love that. This is super cool. Yeah, I'm seeing your photo. So yours is called, yours is the one called Dualism and Dimension. And then uh, Raska's is called um, Risk and Reward. I mean, Raskolov, you know, tell me more about this climb, this photo of yours, the Risk and Reward piece. Of course, a Super Chief sweater. Love to see that. Those make for some great ads, by the way. <laughs> when you uh when you're on top with a hoodie or whatever like a a, a pe- we need a rug radio flag planted at the top of a building one day or something wait am i allowed to say this on the stream is that oh, I, I legally have- legally sorry legally <laughs> yeah no i i have the rug radio hoodie and i have the rug radio hat and uh, i've actually worn them on a roof and uh, i have photos of rascal of yeah i can send it to you or post it yeah. sure I would, I mean, I would love that just to see it. And if I'm allowed to post it, I'm happy to post it. But like that, no way. That's so cool. It's true because you were at the event, which was the first event we ever gave merch at. You were at the, at the little, you know, the conference we did, Mando. You were there. You were yeah, speaking. So that's where I met Emit for the first time in person. And that's why he came to me. He's like, I have already found the escape uh, door to climb at the top of this building. If you want to go take a picture up there, I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I appreciate you though, <laughs> Mando. Let me ask you. Mando, would you go on a climb with the boys one day? Yeah, why not? I'd love to. Let's go. Let's go. We're going. We're going on a climb. Are you guys? Are you guys willing to take us next time we're in the same city? Yes, sure. Of course, of course. I would go, but it would have to be level like five or six on ten. I'm not risking the like. <laughs> I have a beautiful life ahead of me. Uh, uh, knock on wood, but you know, and, and family and everything. I'm not risking it. I, and also, I, I do, I do, I do feel maybe more fear than the both of you combined. <laughs> yeah, we we would never push you to a dangerous. I know. I know. We, we, there's very safe chill roofs also available, so we can go somewhere. You, you know, we would never put you out of your comfort. I know. I go know. to the thing, but yeah, there's many normal chill roofs where you can stand in the center, and uh, I would have be happy to take you anytime. Absolutely. I mean, I even offered to back then because yep. it's just nature when I go into a building to figure out. What are the exits? You know, how many points can I get in and get out of this place? And, you know, every building has some sort of a loophole. And it's just become like my skill set bought that. It's just second nature after a while. I love that. This is super, super, super cool. Uh, Actually, speaking of, we were talking about Pepe earlier. You know Pepe mask, Mando, that D's wore at VCon? Yep. Actually, Raska. It's actually Emit's. So Emit's. Yeah, so Amit wore it for a piece, so he has the Pepe mask on. I actually own, I own that NFT. Hold on, I have one of the editions. Pretty sure I do. It's the we do, we do a little thing, I think. And yeah, there you go. I have that. I own it. Look at that. It is. I I have this edition. So he wore the Pepe mask on top of a roof as well. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, we do a little podcast episode I was on. Um, you know, they asked for a piece to drop to the holders, so I went to get it with Ben Scar. So that Ben Scar shot that photo of in the mask, and then yeah, these just expressed that he liked the mask, so I gave it to him. It, it's really just uh, you know something I bought online, but the paint job was kind of shitty on it, so I was, and I painted on the mask for my. <laughs> to make it nicer it was good listen i I love y'all's work everybody should just take some time to go look at the photography if you're a photography nut like i am i just love photography so definitely 
uh, check him out. This is the, the picture of Raska when he minted the Giza, minted, sorry, he climbed, but he minted as well the Giza pyramids um, in, in Egypt, which is which is nuts right there. <laughs> what a view. What a view uh, from up there. I guess one last question to the both of you before we take coffee and we'll see you all again on Friday to, to, to during the burn. What was your favorite climb? I'm curious from, from both of you. I mean, I'll go to Raska first. Raska, what, what, what's your favorite climb ever? Okay, uh, also a good question. I think it's still uh, South Korea. You know, I was only one person who was managed to climb on that building. Nobody did that. Nobody Which did. building is that? It's a Lotte Wall Tower. It's 555 meters, the wow. tallest building in the Korean Peninsula. And they like they, they, they come to security is very, very strict. So we find a way to get in. And, uh, you know, almost all the way up, we have to climb outside by the elevator shaft. Like, you know, there's a, like metallic pole. I found the video, uh, yeah. The elevator. Yeah, for the elevator. Yeah, and we have to climb this way, like around 59, 60 floors. And, you know, on the top floor, we, we get uh, spotted by the, by the security. And they tried to find us for like three hours. We managed to get on the top, get on the crane, and I climb on the top of the crane maybe like in, in less than five minutes because it was very, very short timing, you know. And yeah, after that, you know, so many people saw us, security see us, like everybody know about, about us in the building. And we still managed to get away, you know. No problem, nobody arrests us. Yeah, that's, that's, this is the best Wow, I'm looking at it. You're like, quick, quick, stay beneath. Like, I'll go up quickly. And he's like racing. Yeah. He's yeah, racing yeah. through the freaking crane at 555 meters tall. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it, it was extremely cold. It was like minus 20 degrees, you know. Oh, it's, a, it's a February no. in South Korea. And so it, it, sometimes it's very cold. 1,800 feet at the top and negative 20 Celsius. Wait, but at the top, it's not negative 20. It's cooler than that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something like that. Sometimes in New York, you have the same weather, actually. Sometimes we yeah. climb. Listen, this I'm, weather, used to, yeah. I'm used to it in Canada. That's for sure. Wow, what a video. Uh, what a video. That's absolutely insane. And Amit, you know, what was your favorite climb ever? Um, There's so many that are nice for different reasons. It's hard to say, but one that really stands out as memorable that I get, did together with Raskolov is the uh, Torre Latino Americana in Mexico City. So this mm -hmm. would be the most famous building in Mexico City. It's their version of the Empire State Building. You know, it's, it's it. a very tall building at the city center and it has a viewing observation deck on top with a big spire on top of it. Just kind of like Empire State Building. So our main reason for going to Mexico City was to climb this tower but as we get up on the viewing platform you know just pay for a ticket to to go scope it out and then uh, we realized there's there's so many guards there's so many cameras like we're not gonna be able to do this so we start sneaking around in the building trying to figure out can I we see stay you. over ah, look at him sneak man though look at him sneaking on the YouTube look at these efforts <laughs> go on and meet it's so good <laughs> Yeah, so like we sneak around in this building, try to find a, a floor that we can camp out overnight to maybe climb for the sunrise when before they open. But the building is very locked down and secure. So in the end, we decide that we're just going to have to do it in front of people, like at sunset, when there's as many people on the viewing platform as possible. So the guards like will 
have a harder time getting to us fast enough to grab us. So yeah, we just started climbing in front of all these crowds and climbing up a spire and you hear the radios go off, you hear people yelling. Um, by the time we get to the top, they, they clear the observation deck and police come up and you know they're shouting down. So we're really trying to climb fast, get the pictures we want and then hide the SD cards, you know, so they can't take them from us. So when we get down from that climb, we are arrested by police. Um, as we are escorted out the building, like some locals throw bottles at us. It was getting crazy. Um, but in the end, we negotiated pretty well with them, and we were able to give a bribe to the chief of police uh, of Mexico City and uh, go home that night. How much, so, does, so how this, much do these bribes go for? What's the floor on the bribe to the chief of police in Mexico? Well, I can't dis- disclose that amount. Uh, but <laughs> oh, hold yeah, on we, real quick. That guy was definitely not the chief of police, right? Probably yeah, just yeah. said he was. <laughs> investigation by any federal entity or similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. What's up, Emmy? Oh, this is a good one. Because <laughs> you have to wait. If you start paying the first guy that catches you, you're gonna have you're gonna run out of money by the time you get to the right guy. You have to wait until you get to the right person, which was the chief of police in this case. Um, Alpha. And you know we were very very of going to Mexican jail because obviously that seems terrible. You know, uh, yeah. Like I've been in jail here in New York. You know, but I I think Mexican jail is is a different experience so yeah we were very worried about this but ultimately we felt like we had to do the climb because you know someone had to do it and we thought it was a really beautiful location that deserved to be climbed so so we did it and this piece is actually uh still available on on super rare our photo from this day sick yeah definitely check them out there's a lot of pieces available if you go to foundation if you go to super rare for 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 uh for meat and raskalov uh, if you're a fan of the work, uh, definitely go have a look. Listen, it's been really fun to have you on the show, and it's really a pleasure to have you as Stubbs Artist this week. We'll chat again on Friday for the Burns, of course, but this is some really inspiring stories. Listen, uh, like Jello Bites said, for me, a rooftop bar, bar will do, uh, and uh, that's as far as I'm going to climb, but uh, but excited to see you guys and maybe run it up you know, with you guys uh, at some point, IRL. Um, and... <laughs> And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you also. I meet Raska. Thank you so much for being, uh, uh, for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Yo, thank you so much for hosting us. It was uh, amazing. Have a, have a fun uh, Monday, everyone. Hell yeah. Happy Monday, everyone. Mando, I will see you tomorrow. I know it's 4th of July, but the, bo- but the boys are hosting. We have some guests coming up. We're doing our thing. Uh, of course, Jazz, you do not, are not required to come. Uh, I'm required to tell you that by law. And then I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, it's actually, I'm supposed to take off today because it's also Canada Day on Saturday. And it's today as a day off in Montreal. Damn it. Uh, but, but anyways, so so for everybody else, we will see y'all tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. A quick, a quick, a quick thank you. A quick thank you, because this show, as usual, is powered by MetaMask, the leading Web3 wallet. They're coming on Thursday on the show again to talk to us about the portfolio uh, tool, which is actually pretty cool. And I bet y'all, a lot of y'all didn't know you could use it for so many things. So shout out to MetaMask, powering our show every single morning, Monday to Friday. Anyways, with that, 
with that, with that, we'll see y'all tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Web 3 on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day. A good morning to Web 3 with Morocco, Sef, and Mando. 